What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gray Out Running. My name is Gray. I'm your host. If it's your first time joining the show, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. If you're a return listener, that's amazing. That means I didn't scare you off on one of the previous episodes, but got a really cool episode for you today. Awesome interview. Very passionate runner. His name is Ryan Conrad. He is the director of sponsorship for Abbott World Marathon Majors. So big, big job for him. But before we get to that, wanted to cover a couple of current events in the running world. So today we had the Saucony Endorphin Elite come off embargo. So all of the shoe reviewers were posting all of their content today. I think the the wear testers posted like 15 videos over the course of half a day with all of their different content surrounding the shoe. It was one of the really highly anticipated shoes of the year, along with like the new Vaporfly 3, the Nimbus 25, the uh, the new Adidas Prime X2 that's coming out at some point this year. So lots of really highly anticipated shoes, but this was kind of the first one of the year to drop. And I'm a little sad. The reviews that I watched and read today were pretty mixed, which I can't say I was really expecting. I wanted this shoe like some others. I haven't worn it yet. I'm <laughs> I'm nowhere to that level of getting sent shoes, but you know, I, I wanted to, I love the endorphin pro three so much and people were so blown away by the endorphin three, the pro three, because the pros one and two were basically the same, same shoe. They were stiff. They were kind of boring in the world of super shoes. And then come comes the pro three and it just really knocked people's socks off. So with all of the hype surrounding the endorphin elite, I think my, a lot of people, myself included, were just wanting this really home run of a shoe that was going to, you know, catapult Saucony up to the kind of upper echelons of, of the super shoe world. So doesn't seem like that's happened. It doesn't seem like it's a big enough upgrade over the Endorphin Pro 3 to make it necessary to spend that extra $50 or whatever that price difference is where you are to upgrade to that shoe. So it looks kind of kind of weird to a lot of folks. I don't think it's all that different from what we really got out there now. But um, so that shoe came comes out at the end of February. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it does. Um, also, recently we had the Nimbus Twenty Five, as I mentioned, came out, and there was a lot of press behind that. It was kind of a it was the the secret shoe that Asics was doing, and I think pretty much everyone knew what it was. It was kind of the worst kept secret in the shoe game (laughs) for those of us that follow this kind of stuff, but we all could have guessed what it was. It has a very different profile, a very different look than the Nimbus of models past, but great looking shoe. It's gotten a lot of really positive feedback. comes out February 1st. So if you are a loyal Asics Nimbus person, this is going to be a giant departure for you but I think one that's ultimately positive, uh, in the running actual running world, Emily Sisson has continued her assault on the American women's record books. Obviously she holds the marathon American women's record and she held the half marathon record as well. And she just broke it, broke her own record. So whatever new balance is paying her, it's not enough. (laughs) She is, 
single-handedly just kind of dominating women's American distance running right now. She's going to have some stiff competition once Molly gets healthy. You know, Kira's going to have something to say about that. So it's going to be a lot of fun as we head into uh, Olympic trials and things like that, where these women are going to go head-to-head and see who we send to Paris in 24. So really excited for all of that going on from a personal level. For any of you that may care, probably none of you do, but that's fine. Um, about a month away from the Wilmington Marathon, so really getting pumped for that. I'm in the middle of kind of the peak mileage weeks, so your boy's a little tired, scrambling to get everything done, um, but having a lot of fun with it, ready to race, ready to go, feeling good, body's feeling good, not broken or anything like that, so fingers crossed we stay that way but we'll get over to ryan's interview uh, again his name is ryan conrad he is the director of sponsorships for abbott world marathon majors and when this interview took place kind of at the beginning of december he was really new into that role so we don't spend a whole lot of time on it but we do really explore his passion for running and i hope you guys enjoy it as always if you do please consider subscribing uh, and leave a review. It really helps. And let's get to Ryan. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Joining me this week, I have Ryan Conrad. Ryan is the director of sponsorship for Abbott World Marathon Majors. How are you doing today, Ryan? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing wonderful. It's uh, always nice to connect with people in the running community and, and just uh, so many good things about you. So I appreciate uh, you taking a couple minutes for me. Or 30 minutes, 45, whatever, yeah, absolutely. however long I, I tend to ramble. <laughs> whatever that ends up looking like. Well, yeah, thanks so much exactly. for your time. So um, I want to start with your current role. So like I mentioned, you're the director of sponsorship for the Abbott World Marathon Majors. Um, I understand this is a relatively new role for you. Um, can you tell us kind of how it's been going so far and what that's been looking like? Yeah, so it's, uh, and we'll get into this uh, a little bit later, but I think since the age of 15, I knew I've wanted to work with in the running industry and had an amazing uh, many years at JNA Racing in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and it was afforded this opportunity to join the Abbott World Marathon Majors team. Like you said, very, very new, uh, still uh, settling in, uh, but so far I've just had a, a very unique uh opportunity to already do some traveling and, and meet so many great people within the industry a, as a whole. So very excited, uh, still settling in, but uh, Abbott World Marathon majors, uh, six majors uh, throughout the world, um, and just the, the opportunity that uh, this affords me um, is truly one of the, I think, a bucket list goal uh, when it comes to business and, and my career. So still very blessed to be in this role and, and see where it goes. Well, that's uh, congratulations on the new role for sure. That's a, that's an incredible accomplishment. So leading up to this role, what was your previous role that transitioned you to where you are now? Sure. So I, I was with uh, JNA racing. Uh, so JNA racing has a portfolio of eight events uh, in uh, Southeast Virginia and uh, through those roles um, or excuse me, through the many years, uh, different uh, roles, um, but primarily uh, was the director of sponsorship with them. Um, but I, I think it was so much more than that um, because of the engagement with the, the running community um, just was so many special memories. Um, but with JNA, with those eight races, 
the largest was the Yingling uh, Shamrock Marathon weekend, uh, which a lot of people, especially on the East Coast, know. Amazing party, 25,000 people. And just to see the celebration from the, the finish line party, but really leading up to it. And, and when I mentioned the running community, um, we, we have a very strong community here in whatever you want to call it, the 757, the Tidewater, Coastal Virginia, with over uh, 30 running clubs. And I know your last guest, uh, the guys from Spark, um, are just a, a tremendous asset to this community. But through the years, uh, mainly director of sponsorship, which then led me into my current role, um, but really engaged with the running community. And I think even backing up a little bit further, I was uh, with Live Nation Entertainment for a number of years. Um, but in, in my heart, I, I kept going back to that 15-year-old self, and, and we can get into this too, as far as my dream of, of transitioning some someday into the uh, running fitness industry, and JNA afforded me that opportunity and was with them uh, for eight years. Okay, so what did that? What does that role of director of sponsorship mean? So, what are you doing on a day to day basis? You, you mentioned engaging with the running community, um, but I have to imagine it's a lot more than that. Yes, certainly. So, I think a lot of the people. I, I always joke that my wife. Uh, she, she uh, works in social work and, and she changes lives for so many families and so many kids where I sometimes joke, I'm, I'm the sleazy salesperson, but I, I never want to come <laughs> across like that. Um, but really for me, and this is what I've tried to carry for a number of years, be it with Live Nation and now um, in, in the running space and sponsorship and fitness space is it's just not a, a logo at the finish line. It's just not a logo in the digital world, be it email, social, but it, it's really that connection. Like how, how do we, how do I, and, and the companies I work for connect with brands and then the running community as a whole. So how, how can we do that in an impactful way so that it's, you know, at some point top of mind for, for folks when, when they're looking for, that that new car, or if they're you know looking for something um, in, in the commercial sense. So again, I think it's how do we connect brands in an impactful, meaningful way beyond just you know what you might see on TV or you see at the finish line of a race. Um, and, and I think that's what maybe feeds me when it comes to energy is just that creation, uh, working with the team to develop an idea, present it to a client or a partner, and then see it come full circle on race day. I have so many amazing memories over the years of, you know, scratching something down in a notebook um, and then saying, hey, this is a goal, but then seeing it come to life uh, six, eight, 10, even a year later, months later, um, is just so meaningful. Um, and then to see especially how the participants engage and interact with that um, is truly special. So again, I think that's on the sponsorship role uh, side of things when I was with uh, JNA, but then I think just a, a larger overarching um, component of, of what I did and I still enjoy is that running community. So for a number of years, I um, was engaged with the, the running community as far as JNA racing had a training team um, that I was a big part of. Uh, my friend and I, had tried to revitalize it and restart it when I first came on board um, from Live Nation. I'll never forget. Um, I had left Live Nation um, and just had an amazing experience there. But, you know, I left Live Nation 
Um, and my last concert was almost a sellout here in Virginia Beach of a very popular band. And the very next week, I um, am on the boardwalk trying to start this training team in four ladies uh, who are still very meaningful to me show up. And I was like, what did I get myself into, right? So I go from 20,000 people, amphitheater, everybody's having an amazing time with this really famous band on stage. The next week I'm sitting at the Virginia Beach Boardwalk with four women trying to talk about like coaching and starting this training program. And I was like, what did I do? Um, But I think that story, and I, I hold on to that story for a number of reasons, but the most impactful reason is no, and I think it can be applied to anybody in life, right? Like if, if you make that, that leap, that, that jump, yes, it's super scary. Um, and that it could be in a business career sense or even in your life, but you never know where it takes you. So from those four women showing up on the boardwalk, um, we, we grew the training team to over 200 uh, people that paid for coaching services and showed up weekly, uh, twice a week, really. Uh, for over four years um, until we decided to pull back from the training team and really try to engage as a whole with the, with the community a little bit more. So um, I think that story, again, stays with me even in the sponsorship realm of, you know, take that leap, take that, uh, take that chance on, you know, reaching out to that client or coming up with that idea because you never know where it, it will lead. So again, sponsorship was my primary role. Um, but I would say a close second to that was just building the running community, building that training team um, to, you know, to 200 people um, showing up. And they were showing up when it was 85 degrees and everybody complained that they just wanted it colder to they're showing up <laughs> here in Virginia. Somehow it's 31 degrees and raining when it should be snowing and the wind is blowing. Um, and, but they still showed up. And, and those are some of my most uh, special memories. Um, that I'll carry just like at Live Nation, some of those memories when uh, there's 20,000 people singing along to a Zach Brown, Kenny Chesney, um, whomever. Yeah, that's a pretty special atmosphere. I, uh, Ryan and I have a have a mutual friend. My, my brother and Ryan worked together at one point in their career. So uh, that's the Live Nation, Live Nation connection there. Uh, I grew up going to concerts and you're right, there's really nothing like it. Um, but Back to those four ladies, I mean, that is a pretty big jump to go from, like you said, the 20,000 screaming fans that you helped put in the building to now you're going to four. I can definitely see how that would be somewhat of a humbling experience for you and, and just something that will always stick with you in terms of, you know, I was really courageous and made this jump. And here's, you know, here's where I'm starting out. And it, I'm sure it's been awesome to see how you've progressed throughout the throughout your career there. Um, so with director of sponsorship, there's definitely that sales component to it and mainly what the job is. Whenever you're doing this and you're reaching out to companies, you're the first director of sponsorship that I've ever spoken to. So I'm very interested to learn what is that? Is there one major objection that you get to companies that are maybe hesitant to sponsor a race or is it a variety of things? Sure. So I think, again, I'm so new in this role. Um, I, I maybe don't want to speak too much into it um, in, in this current role, but I think just over the years, be it uh, when I was in the, the running space and previously with Live Nation and some other companies, uh, I think the biggest maybe hurdle or maybe mistake people uh, that I've interacted with go into it into like a sales pitch is, hey, you know, I'm Ryan from this company. Let me tell you about 
our, our myself and let me tell you about our our um company and I, I feel like it needs to be completely reversed where reaching out i feel like you need to understand before, do your research and understand more about that company um but really have a conversation i feel that again so many people i've interacted with through the years and i've seen it firsthand it's they come in with a set agenda where I, I much rather have a conversation with someone and learn about them personally, quite honestly, before I learn about their business. Because I think people that I found, and there's some quotes, uh, you know, they buy from people that they basically like, um, pretty much. So if you're able to establish um, that relationship first, I, I think is key. And then also, again, understanding what their agenda, what their goals are when they look to sponsor an event, be it a music uh, festival, a wine fest, a race, whatever the case may be, really understanding why they would want to sponsor in the first place and, and understanding their goals. So instead of going in with the set agenda, really go in with a, an open mind and a, a blank notebook to take notes and, and understand uh, what makes them tick. Um, and I think that I've been very fortunate to be successful in in the sponsorship realm because I, I try to listen um, first versus, uh, again, I tend to ramble. Uh, so listen first instead of talk first. Well, I can tell you anecdotally, I definitely agree with you in terms of people tend to buy from people that they like. I'm, exactly. I'm in the restaurant world professionally and, and we get a lot of salespeople that come and trying to sell us whatever. And even though someone may beat out on price or convenience or whatever, I'm so much more likely to go with that person that has really taken the time to establish a relationship and that I like and can, you know, sit and chat with. So there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, and I, I was going to say too, I think the follow-up to that too is if you get that no, if you get that, hey, it's not right for me or for our company right now. Like, don't sweat it because, I, again, that's that's life, right? Um, but I, I can think of so many times over my 15-some years of selling sponsorships and selling premium seats to VIP concerts or VIP seats to concerts that I think the the initial meeting's key, but I, I would almost say the follow-up is the most important. And the follow-up, especially when it comes to a no, is so important to me because you don't know where that will take you um, two years from now, six months from now. So I try to be gracious even in losing and getting that no, be it a handwritten thank you note, a follow-up, a check-in um, you know, down the road, because if it's a no now, maybe it's a yes a year from now. So keeping in contact and, and not being a, a sore loser, I think for, for me has uh, afforded me so many opportunities um, cause I, I always try to look long-term. It's not what's the next three to six months look like, but it's what's the next two to three years look, looks like. Yeah. I definitely got a lot of respect for anyone who's in even a moderately sales based position. The resiliency that you all have to have is just, is amazing to, to deal with their, the nose and the rejection and things like that and, and still stick with it. Um, you mentioned early on, um, in that, in the answer to that first question there that, you had set your eyes on the running community since you were 15. That was something that you always knew you wanted to be a part of. Can we visit that a little bit? What does that, what, how did running become a part of your life? Yeah, certainly. So, um, it was a, 
it, it truly changed my life uh, experience when I had when I was 15, 16 years old. I actually sold my first cash sponsorship as a 16 year old um, and it, it, it completely transformed my life. So um, way back when I, I was terrible in sports, I have a seven year old now and I'm pretty sure he's better at seven at baseball, <laughs> soccer and basketball than I was at like 15. Um, but I knew early on, even though I was terrible at sports, I loved the team components of, of sports. Um, and I found that I was faster than most uh, kids my age. So um, I had gotten into cross country and track uh, early, oh, excuse me, late into middle school years into early high school. And I just kept going back to the team element and loving that. Um, but also just being able and, and to run and run free and feel that at a cross country meet as a high school kid, being able to be towards the, you know, the, the top of the pack, not number one, uh, but certainly not, uh, you know, last. Um, I, I just gravitated to the sport. Um, I, I struggled early in school uh, and, and it gave me an outlet to be with friends and, and feel confident where, I'm uh, dyslexic and I found out early in high school um, and, and had to work through that and was able to you know, go on to do well in school, but it was always a struggle for me uh, early on. So having that uh, outlet was super impactful. So I, I'm going through high school, I'm running, and then I'm presented this opportunity where for in the high school years, I had to do a uh, like a service project, community service project or some type of project uh, as like a big grade, um, a big part of the grade. Um, and my grandfather and, and grandmother and my parents were like, you know, you love running, what can you do um, with that? So I created a charity 5k in my small town in Pennsylvania. And that opportunity literally set the course of, of my life. So I created this race. Um, people actually showed up, they paid, uh, we were able to donate to three local charities. Um, but the kind of the, at that time, the largest cost, the largest investment, um, that I needed covered was the race t-shirts. So I sold my first ever cash sponsor, uh, ship deal to a law firm and they covered all the shirts for me. So, um, I knew again at 16, I fed off that energy, um, from my parents, my family, uh, the people, the participants, I um, mean, right after that race, um, I read a book by the New York City um, uh, New York City Marathon race director, like a biography about him. And I was like, "This is what I want to do. Like, this is my element." So I go on to college. I, I run in college, but at the same time that I'm in college, I, I end up being involved in student government and activities board uh, with concerts, which then leads me to Live Nation. Um, but it, I just kept going back to that that. 15 year old, 16 year old self saying, how do I get into the running industry? I, I, at that time, I didn't know, like, I didn't know you can make a career of it other than reading some books. Um, I was like, I need to do this. That that's what like fills my cup. And what you had said, there's nothing better than 20,000 people at an amphitheater, a hundred thousand people at a music festival. And I cherish and love each of those memories. But I, I, to me, what comes close, if not exceeds now, is standing at the finish line of the England Shamrock Marathon or the TCS New York City Marathon and seeing 
if it's 20,000, if it's 50,000, or if it's a local 5k, seeing the emotion uh, of people crossing the finish line and the build up to that, like if I can play a small part in that, like that's what fires me up. That's what, when I'm running by myself at 515 every morning, that's like what I think about. That's like inspires me. So super long winded answer, but it, it literally as a 15, 16 year old, I knew that I wanted to accomplish this goal. I just didn't know how. Um, and then through the years, being able to meet mentors and, and people uh, that have guided me along the way has just been super impactful. And again, right as I was exiting Live Nation, I was presented the opportunity to become a Lululemon ambassador. Um, and that's another kind of benchmark. So we, we have that benchmark as a 15, 16 year old. Uh, then the benchmark of meeting those four women and being like, what did I just get myself into? Um, to another benchmark with Lululemon, they've afforded me opportunities to travel everywhere. Um, and, and from Whistler, Canada to their ambassador summit, summit to the like back mountains of West Virginia to lead a, um, like a hike. Um, so having Lululemon and being part of their ambassador network, I've gained so many friends, but I think I, in the fitness space, but I, I think I've gained even more confidence as a, as a person, right? So the runner, Ryan, uh, but then also just me as a, as a husband, as a uh, father and just somebody in the community. So um, I, I look at these transformational moments truly throughout my life. Um, and, and that's another one of them. Yeah, no kidding. So I don't even want to think about what I was doing at 16 and you are race directing a 5k and selling sponsorships for t-shirts and things like that. That's a, that's awesome. I mean, it's very inspiring. And so then, I mean, I didn't even know about the Lululemon thing. Did that just, how did that come about? Was that just something where they approached you and like, Hey, Ryan, you know, we really love to have you as a part of our team. And I mean, that's, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit yeah, more? About yeah. Yeah. So they, um, at that time, they uh, selected folks in, in their different communities where they had a store located. Um, and I had done some um, events with them and, and then they had approached me. But again, I I feel that now ambassador networks and best, excuse me, ambassador programs are, you know, with every company. Um, but that one is, is truly impactful. Yes, I enjoy wearing their clothes and, and the product. Um but they remind me of the power of community. So um, I, I've been very fortunate to be with them uh, through several years back in 2014, but then uh, most recently being an ambassador with them again. Um, so having them as a sounding board, uh, but also friends that uh, have afforded me opportunities um, to meet other people uh, within the fitness space um, has, again, uh, another benchmark in I, I would say my running journey journey as a runner, but then also in, in a business sense. Um, so I feel again, very fortunate, but yeah, I think I, again, I, I, you know, everybody has a dream. Everyone has, you know, I, I would love to be a veterinarian. I would love to be a lawyer. I, it was just for me. Um, I don't, I don't know why I just, I had this uh, gut feeling since I was literally 15 or 16 that I wanted to work in running. I just didn't know you can make a career of it as a 15, 16 year old. Um, and again, it, it, that race was called the Pine Hill 5k. It had less than a hundred people, uh, from this small town. 
Uh, but we raised a couple thousand dollars for three charities and I, and I felt good that we were able to give back. Um, but it, that race gave me more, um, than I could ever expected. Uh, definitely applause for you on that one. Thank you. So I want to back up just a little bit before I got caught off guard by the Lululemon thing. You mentioned that watching people at the finish line of, you know, TCS New York city marathon or the shamrock, um, running weekend that come that's right up there with you for 20,000 people in an amphitheater or a hundred thousand people, um, in at a music festival. Is there one of those particular instances from a race that sticks with you more than any other kind of like your four ladies story? Oh, great question. Um, I'll share one at me personally racing, and then I can share one of in, in the the business side of things. So me personally racing, and I think it, it shows the power of community, is um, the JFK 50 mile. It's the oldest, I believe, the oldest ultra marathon in the United States. It takes place in Maryland. First uh, 15 or so miles are on the Appalachian Trail, and then the rest are on a towpath, uh, like a dirt trail. Um, so again, talk about goal setting. It was something I grew up near the start finish and I, I had always wanted to do. And I set the goal of trying to do it before I was 25. Uh, so when I was 24, I was a little injured, but I probably had no business doing it, but I accomplished it. Um, but when I'm running this towpath thinking, what am I doing? It's late in the race. I come up on this water stop. It's, it's in November each year. And there's a Santa Claus dressed up at a water stop. and they, just the pure emotion that these volunteers were like pouring into each and every runner. I was like, this is why I run. This is like, this is community. And I was just blown away that these people would dress up, go crazy for a thousand person ultra marathon in the middle of November in Maryland when it's freezing cold. And they would stand out there literally for hours and hours and hours. It's just not like a 5k Hey, I volunteer. I'm done in two hours. It's not a marathon of, oh, I'm going to be out there volunteering for, you know, six, eight, 10 hours, right? These people are literally out there from sun up to sun down to cheer each and every person on. And I, I literally, it's almost emotional for me because I can literally picture coming up on this water stop and I was struggling. I, again, I came into the race a little injured, probably shouldn't have run it. Um, but I was like, this this is why I run. Like it goes back again, since I was 15, that, that community, the sense of community. Um, so I think that was super inspiring for me. Um, and it still encourages me today as a runner. Um, but then when I look professionally speaking, I think there's so many, um, memories that I go back to, uh, the emotional side of it and seeing people accomplish their goals. Um, but I, I would actually share one that is probably not even at the, the start or the finish, uh, but being on course where I've been, you know, with live nation or excuse me, with JNA racing, we, you know, you get pulled around uh, race day, depending on what's occurring. And I was out on the course and it, it's, it's again, uh, emotional, just seeing the, the interactions that people have, with their family members, with their friends, with run clubs, um, just the excitement, right? So at the end of the day, I, you know, most 
people probably listening aren't, aren't going to be uh, winning a race or at least, uh, you know, a, a prime time type race, but we all have our reasons to run and being able to see some of these emotions um, and excitement when they see their, their son, when they see their daughter along the course. Uh, I just have so many memories of those kind of sticking out in my mind as uh, something special. Um, but I always try to take pause uh, during a race weekend, uh, wherever it is, and, and just, you know, stay at the finish line, even for a few moments to see those initial reactions when, when the medal is placed around someone's neck. Um, I think for me, uh, so my dad's in his seventies and he ran his first half marathon, uh, last year. And, um, my son again, uh, Aiden, he's seven. Um, he got to run my dad in for the last 50 meters and, and I was there with him too. So again, I think that sticks out of the, sticks out for me as one of those special memories I'll remember, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's pretty special. I hope someone got that on video for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lots of pictures. Exactly. That's, that's amazing. Well, I will be running in Chicago, uh, in October for the Chicago marathon. So maybe I'll see you at the finish line there. That'd be pretty let's, rad. Let's make it happen. Yes. A hundred percent. I would love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you touched on the running community um, several times throughout, you know, for, throughout our conversation. And you're right. I mean, there's just really nothing like it. it. It's amazing how, you know, these strangers will come out and support and volunteer and, and bring signs and things like that. And it's really pretty powerful. The effect that, 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 that support can have, even if you don't know the person, you know, when you're struggling in a marathon and you're just, you know, you've, you're smacked into the wall and then you see this random person holding up a funny sign or whatever, it can just really change your entire mindset. Uh, so it's, it, it's the most amazing, most supportive community I've ever uh, encountered in, in my various days of playing multiple sports, basketball, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so how many, you're still an active runner now. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still actively racing? Do you still have, you know, do you still find time for that? Is that still a part of your life? Oh, tremendous. Yes. A hundred percent. So I was actually scheduled to run the bank of America, Chicago marathon this past year, um, and ended up getting injured right before. So super jealous that you get to run it last, uh, next year, heard so many wonderful things about it. So, uh, that last year I always, you know, people always talk about like an A race, right? So that was going to be my A race. I had trained all summer. Um, and, and felt that I felt that I was ready to go, especially with that course being so flat and, and so many of my friends over the years saying that it's a very fast course. I felt uh, very confident, ended up unfortunately getting injured. Um, so bouncing right now back from uh, recovering from that injury that I think for 2023, I, I feel that I'm super goal oriented. So I, I'll scratch down a, a goal. Um, but I don't know what that looks like uh, right now. Um, I, I would love to try to knock another marathon out and, and try to lower my time. Um, but I, I don't see that being in the spring, maybe uh, something next fall. So right now, I would say uh, to be determined on that goal. But uh, yeah, still actively run. Uh, again, going back to the word community, uh, we, we have a great group of guys here um, locally that will meet on Thursdays. And they're kind of my... Uh, weekly check-in um and the rest of the, the time i tried to just escape early in the morning before the sunrise uh before uh 
before the work day and before the school day. So um, pretty much a solo runner now, other than a couple of uh, group runs uh, on Thursdays and, and maybe the weekend. So I talk a lot about shoes. Now, being a sponsorship guy, are you allowed to tell me what shoes you train in? <laughs> sure. So I, I, I rotate uh, pretty frequently, but uh, for a number of years, I, I've been a big uh, fan of Brooks and Hoka. So uh, right now the Hoka Mach 5 um, has, has been a, a great shoe for me. So how about you? What, what's your daily trainer? Current daily trainer is the A6 Nova Blast 3. Um, also part of the rotation is I have no brand loyalty whatsoever. <laughs> so I have a little bit of everything in, in my uh, in, in my closet here. So I daily trainer, like I said, the Nova Blast 3, uh, easy, long run, shoe right now is the new balance super comp trainer mm -hmm. and then i raced most recently in um the saucony endorphin pro three yes. which awesome. so uh, great I, I have shoe. a pair of those that i need to test out so look forward to get getting back to uh racing but uh each and every year over the last few years i've really enjoyed uh tre which is the running event in austin texas and that's always, I, I walk in, I feel like I'm in Target uh, or Amazon of running, right? It's every big brand. It's all the new shoes coming out. Um, so that's always a really exciting time. Uh, there's so many great, um, you know, I'll call them social influencers and, and people like Believe in the Run. Uh, you know, just so many people there that will, you know, review a shoe um, that I always enjoy uh, checking out uh, the latest and greatest uh, coming up for the next year. So were you at TRE? I, I wasn't this year, so I have gone uh, four years, uh, last four years, but unfortunately, I uh, just couldn't line it up for this year. But uh, it's always a great experience to see people uh, within the industry, but also, again, a, as a uh, person that enjoys apparel and, and shoes and all that, it's it's like, uh, it's like uh, a target uh, of running or Amazon of running. Oh, for sure. So next year, if you need a... If you need a plus one, I'm sure you could talk me into it. There, there you go. We'll go. <laughs> I'll see you in Chicago, and then we'll come yeah, back. I'm a just, few I'm booking up your entire social calendar and inviting myself I, to everything. No, let's do it. I, I, I've you know through the years established a go to of three or four really good restaurants that have amazing tacos there. So I'm uh, always, always ready to go to Austin, Texas. Hell yeah, I'm in. So Ryan, what does the you mentioned earlier, you know, you set goals for yourself, whether it was six months, a year, five years, whatever. Um, what are some, what are some goals you have going forward for yourself now? Sure. So professionally speaking, I truly am living out a goal. Um, so, and so no, new to it that again, I just feel so fortunate for this, this new opportunity, um, and seeing where, where that takes me, uh, running wise, I would say that I, again, I, that marathon and my current marathon time, I, I really want to try to knock off a, a couple more minutes. So I think that would be hopefully in the, the fall of 2023, a big goal that I sent to, to chase. Cause I, again, I think that the running really influences my daily life, right? That if I'm up and I'm training be a six mile easy run um, in the summer, or it's a workout, I, I come back and, and feel you know, fulfilled. Sometimes my wife will be like, Oh, it was a bad workout. I can tell like, no, you know, yeah, maybe it was, but at the end of the day, I'm still out there running. And, uh, Bart Yasso, who's been a, a tremendous, uh, friend, um, and mentor to me, you know, often says, you know, you, 
you have the gift of running, right, to show up to the starting line. And I truly believe that, that um, if you're able to get to the starting line or just out the door every day, um, it, it should be a win. So goal-wise, I, I would love uh, running-wise with my goals, i uh, love to lower that marathon time. I know that I can do it, even if it's two, three, four minutes. Uh, and professionally speaking, um, I don't mean to cop out on my answer, but th- this is this is a goal. Um, this is the goal um, to be able to work with these amazing people within this industry and the the uh, the majors as a whole is, is something super special to me. So I feel very blessed, especially around this holiday season. Yeah, definitely. Like I said in the beginning, congratulations on that uh, on achieving that Thank goal. You. That's pretty cool. You mentioned Bart Yasso, as in Yasso eight hundreds. Yes, yes. So uh, the Yasso eight hundreds. So um, Bart, uh, you know, lives in Pennsylvania, and uh, during my time with JNA Racing, I had opportunity to work with him in a variety of uh, capacities. So being from Pennsylvania, I knew he was a good guy and grew up again you know, reading books about the Yasso 800s and training to, to his amazing life story. So he's been somebody that I, I, I think of as a great runner. Um, but first and foremost, a great person and a friend to so many, uh, where, you know, over the years worked with special guests, we've had at races from the Mebs, the Shalanes, Eric Goucher, uh, to, to Bart. And I feel that, Wherever Bart is, just like the others that I mentioned, everybody gravitates towards him. Um, and, and something special with him that his memory is amazing. Like he will genuinely remember people over the years, and you can just see their face light up. And, and I think of Meb the same way. So many people, um, just watching him interact with people has been amazing. Um, so there's just so many, I think, idols, people in this, elite athletes. Um, in this industry that we're just so fortunate, right? Again, we talk about lining up at a start line and over the years, you know, you can't do that in the NFL. You can't do that in baseball, but you can line up and, and see some of the fastest people. Um, and then granted they're, you know, 20, 40 minutes ahead or two hours, four hours ahead. Um, but to be able to run the same course in these amazing cities um, all over the world is pretty special. And, for them to take time again, it's it's their livelihood, it's their job. Uh, but then to take time out of their day to inter- engage with the, the fans, especially in this social media world um, that we live in, I think is is really special. Yeah that that race day experience has to have changed dramatically for them, as like mm-hmm. you said, the social media world that we live in, even some of the social media influencers that are, that are posting their race day experiences or their race week experiences of having to go to, you know, to this thing and that thing. And, you know, this, um, shakeout run and, and this interview panel and all that. I mean, I, I can't imagine how drastically things have changed for them in the last 10 years, but, um, next time you talk to Mr. Yasso, thank him for the Yasso 800s. It's one of my favorite workouts. I love going right. and ripping some fast 800s on the track. Uh, it was my exactly. favorite event when I was in high school. So it is uh, it is definitely my favorite workout of a marathon training cycle. I always feel that uh, with that, I, I'm the same way. I often think about when I do that workout and it's you know a few weeks out from the race, I, I feel like it's, it's kind of go time, right? Um, where I've done them and I've walked away happy. Sometimes I walk away maybe a little disappointed, but I, I think it's a good uh, benchmark. 
um, in a way to kind of judge your fitness um, and, and walk away, hopefully uh, confident. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your, out of your busy schedule and, and starting the day off with me today. Um, look forward to big things for you. Hopefully I do get to see you in Chicago. That would be awesome. Uh, hopefully we can make that happen and um, we'll talk to you next time. Well, thank you again for having me. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the interview. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Ryan is kind of the perfect podcast guest. You ask him a question and he just goes. That is the ideal podcast guest. So he was a lot of fun, really smart dude, super passionate about our sport and about our community. So again, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, again, please consider subscribing and I will see you next week.